That was lovely. That's a good way to start it off. <laughs> it's not recording. Yes. Fuck me, dude. <laughs> I always have recording. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I literally hit record like right before you. <laughs> Fuck me. That was perfect. That was. Go ahead and start it off this week. All right, sir. It's starting off. One second. You have a trash can? Uh, yeah, it's somewhere. Oh, just wait. Yeah, just wait. Just wait. So three, two, one. Hello and welcome to Thwack Jag. This is episode 26. And I am Anthony Stevens. I'm Damien. <laughs> and we got a... Uh, we only have a few real news things today, but we figured we would try not to gather too much because we always end up going on like half hour long tangents anyways. Yeah, we got like six solid ones here. Yes. Six solid news topics to go over. Yeah, now that's plenty. <laughs> yeah. Especially with, um, we'll, we'll lead off with, honestly, the biggest thing going off right now, because I don't want to stick on it too long. Um, the, pre <clears throat> the president has come down with COVID, and... It was only a matter of time. Yeah, like, it literally hasn't even been 24 hours since the news came out on that one. Um, and now, all of a sudden, he's having a really hard time breathing, uh... I don't wish anybody ill. I just, uh, I'll say I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner with the way everything was going. Yeah. Um, and I'm not surprised it happened. No, I'm not surprised at all. Like, it, I'm surprised it took this long. Like, with the amount of press conferences and everything they were always having for the coronavirus briefings and stuff like that. Like, and all the rallies he's at. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it was a matter of time. Um. While I am not personally a Trump supporter, I'll just, out of the, I, I can't think of the right way to say it, just like, as a human with a heart, I hope everyone comes out safely, primarily so we don't have uh, President Pence. Yeah, I'll just agree with you. Yeah, I, I'm trying to do it the most uh, PC way possible, because I don't want any, I don't want to wish anybody to die. But, but I'm also not supporting that shit. Um, and then moving on from there, because I don't want to go into that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, Billy Crudup is in early talks to rejoin Ezra Miller in The Flash's Henry Allen. Um, as The Flash's dad. Which I will say was one of the... Very few highlights from the Justice League movie. Yeah, it was one of those things where I was sad when it was, like, potentially over. Yeah. Before it even began, I was like, wow, what a waste. Honestly, they can recast Ezra Miller. I'd be happy to keep him. <laughs> See, I don't agree. I just... Like we've said before on this podcast, I wasn't really happy with, like, the whininess he portrayed him with. Yeah. And... The fact that he still has the role after all that choke slamming that trick came out blows my mind. Um, yeah, that part was surprising to me yeah. too. And especially because he showed up at DC uh, Fandom and everything, yeah. and there was 
nothing said about it. I thought for sure when that happened, I'm like, all right, he's done. Because yeah. if it was anybody else, they would have been done, which is weird. Yeah. I don't know what happened with that. I don't know if there was maybe some context missing that got him off. Maybe it was planned. <laughs> maybe it was Maybe. Maybe it was like role play, like you're <laughs> fucking around at the yeah. bar. Either way, weird. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um, but like, like me and you were talking before we did this podcast, I was actually excited when I saw him because the first thing I remember him in was Watchmen as Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, same. That was the first thing I saw him in, for sure. Yeah. And then, like, he takes a bunch of roles where he kind of flies under the radar other than that. Yeah, he's more of a supporting background kind of guy. Yeah, because he wasn't a huge character that I remember in Almost Famous, but I love that movie. Do you think is Watchmen, like, his first, like, I, I major think role? That, that's his first, like, semi-leading role, okay. I think, personally. I don't know what kind of role he had in Big Fish, though, so I, don't, I can't really speak to that. He was also good in uh, the Stanford Prison Experiment. Yeah, I heard... Wasn't um, Ezra Miller also in that yeah. one? So, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, you but... gotta watch that. I think it, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but it was, like, a month ago. We'll find out, because I've had it on my list for the last, like, two years. <laughs> Along um, with a hundred other movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, moving on from here, you want to introduce the next one? Yeah, I'm still talking about movie-related stuff, and I guess COVID-related stuff. <laughs> um, no Time to Die, which was the uh, new James Bond movie. Um, it officially got pushed back to April 2nd of next year. And this is Daniel Craig's last appearance as James Bond. They should have, uh... Waited for April first, like they should wait till April first and then move it back again. Yeah, just as like a nice little April Fool's joke. Yeah, if they if they released it this year, they would have had to change the title to "Time to Die." <laughs> Is that a pun someone tried to make on the article? No, I just said that right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, what in the hell? Oh, time I will, to die. I will say I will probably watch this one. I haven't watched. I think I've watched bit. The only part I've watched is Daniel Craig getting hit in the nuts in uh, Casino Royale. I've literally seen no James Bond movie whatsoever. Ever. I've never seen any. I remember growing up watching the ones with uh, Pierce Brosnan. Okay. And I loved the video games that came out with it too. Those were uh, of our era. Yeah. Back then. We, we were. I was probably like six years old. Yeah. At the time. Something like that. Um, but like. I think I played the Casino Royale video game and I didn't like it, but the Pierce Brosnan video games I loved them as a kid. Right. And GoldenEye, obviously, was fantastic. Right. And another interesting thing about this, too, is is that it's going to open on the same weekend that Fast 9 is going to open. Hmm. That's, that's going to be a battle. That's going to be a mistake, because... Yeah. Honestly, I don't think either one's going to do well. Probably not. I feel um, like Fast 9 will probably make more money. I think that Fast 9 will bend the knee yeah, and delay again before Bond will. I can see that happening. Just because I feel like it's a higher budget movie and they they have a lot more at risk. That and James Bond in and of itself is a uh, pretty big IP. Especially overseas. Yeah. In the UK... That will be... That might demolish Fast 9. Yeah, for sure. Overseas, at least in the UK, it will destroy Fast. Yeah. And I think they want to kind of keep that market open for Mm -hmm. when they release Fast 9. Yeah. Um, If stuff keeps going the way it does in the US, it won't matter. 
uh, and no one will make money. So, right. uh, but leading into our next article, uh, the AMC or uh, San Francisco is, uh, starting to open some theaters in early October. Yeah. October 7th. I don't agree with the idea anymore just because dude, like numbers are going up and up and up and I'm just, I really wish at this point, since we're already in the millions of cases, we should have honestly just let it go, let everyone catch it, so we could just kind of, like, get rid of the shit instead of everyone having yeah, that Yeah, because, like, seeing this article almost makes it, like, not even worth it, because they can reopen up to capacity as, like, 100 people, and they're not going to sell concessions at all, and they're not going to let you no bring concessions? in... Yeah, no concessions, they're not going to let you bring in your own food and drink. So you're not taking your mask off to do anything? No, so that you go to watch the movie at that point, like... Honestly, dude, I don't like that idea because I think my favorite part of going to the movies is the concessions. Yeah. And at that point, AMC won't really be making any money or no theater will really be making money, so what's the point? Yeah, it's not gonna... It's not gonna go good no matter what. Yeah. Dude, I can't remember the last time I went to a movie theater and didn't get something to eat. Yeah. I, I at least get a drink. A drink at the minimum. Yeah. Popcorn is like... I never get popcorn. Really? No, no. You don't, you're not a big popcorn no. guy? It's kind of an inconvenience to me. Why? I don't know. Is it because of, like, the greasiness, or is it just, like... I can just make another podcast about that, about the inconvenience <laughs> of popcorn. <laughs> just go into it real quick I can me, do a whole it's... podcast series about it. I don't know, I just, uh... Honestly, I just don't like eating popcorn, to be honest. So you're more of, like, a candy or a chip dude when you go to the I'm movies. just a drink guy. Okay. Yeah. So no, no candy, no... no I'm a drink and icy guy. I, I can dig the ice. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, I don't really go too far. Outside. Unless there's, like, hot food, then I might get, like... If it's AMC, they have chicken tenders, and like, fuck with some of them. But that's I about it. I love their, uh, like, pretzels. Never I don't know them. why. They're pretty good. pretty good. Nice. Um, so moving on from there. Um, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll interject here real quick, just because it's food-related. I think that next week, either right before or right after the podcast... Me and Damien are going to do the uh, Packy's One Chip Challenge. Which I never heard of until you said. Really? You've yeah, never seen it? They come in a box, like a triangle box with like a skull on it. I've watched a bunch of people do it, like people puke because it's so hot. Wow. Um, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, I love hot food, so I feel like I'll be okay, but I'm also probably going to... I'm I'm hyping myself up. So If you're going to spew... Few into this. <laughs> this guy. Um, so uh, definitely stay tuned. It'll be a separate video from our podcast. We'll just call it a vlog. Yeah, it'd be a good. Yeah. At least a section of the vlog. Yeah. Um, and then uh, leading on to that, this one kind of caught me off guard. It really did because, like, the when you hear the details, you'll see why. Yeah. So go ahead and. Uh, uh so. We've all seen. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. We've all seen Cat in the Hat. The Likewise Cat in the Hat. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of people like that movie. I, I, I grew up loving it, especially me because too. it gave me a reason to be able to walk around the house and go, Dirty Ho. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah, you go back and watch it now, there's a lot of like adult oh, shit in there. Oh, it's very risky. Yeah. It's, 
It's like, so you like, feel like you go back, you think, you're like, oh, I'm, I was kind of stupid for not picking that right? up. Right? Like, Alec Baldwin's character throws some major sexual innuendos. Like, he it's, really does. It's bad. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, Mike Myers throws some bad... There's the scene where he literally cuts his tail off, and he's all, Motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I love that movie when I was a kid. Yeah, it's, oh. it's, I, I might go watch it tonight. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, there's going to be a Cat in the Hat spin-off movie, and Oh, the Places You'll Go is getting a movie adaption. And who are they going to be produced by? <laughs> Mr. J.J. Abrams. Uh, it's kind of a left-field pick. Um, I'm not sure why they wouldn't just continue to work with uh, the people they worked with for that last uh, Grinch movie. Yeah. I think it's the same... Uh, company that did the Minions movie, The Despicable uh, Me, what is I the think. that company? It's... I'm gonna rock my brains one moment here real quick. Um, but I, I do know that... Uh, you know who Scott Mosier is? Yeah. He directed uh, the most recent Grinch movie. Okay. Did you see that movie? I actually did because my uh, son wanted to play it every day during Christmas season last year. Nice. It's become a nightmare. So I, I guess... I know I was complaining to you earlier that my son keeps wanting to listen to Ghost Mane. Yeah. I should probably be thanking God at the moment because at least it's not the Grinch or that stupid. Have you heard of Home? Yes. With Rihanna yeah. and Jim Parsons? Yep. Uh, Did he outplay that? Uh, he still is outplaying that. He goes to sleep to that movie. I'm like, dude, just stop, please. <laughs> um. So the company that makes the movie is... Why is it not showing? I should probably have looked up the word production company with it. Um, it is Illumination. Yeah, that company. Yes. So if so, that's smart. I kind of personally, just because I did somewhat enjoy the Grinch animated movie um, the first time. <laughs> I, I didn't see it at all. It, it's not bad. It's definitely not like a one-to-one -one copy of the uh, book or the live action, which is good. Um, Shout out to Jim Carrey. Oh, dude. I feel... Well, we'll go into him in just a moment because he <laughs> yeah. did some crazy stuff for that movie. Um, but I really enjoyed uh, Scott Mosier's take on it, and I hope they kind of bring him back. Yeah, and so yeah, the, com the production company on this one is Bad Robot, which is J.J. Uh, oh. Abrams production company and it looks like it's also going to be attached to Warner Animation Group which did they had anything to do with I those movies? I don't think so. I, can, I actually should have looked that up really quick. Which um, if not it should be kind of cool because maybe it'll be like a little bit different animation style I'm sure. I, I mean I'd be cool with a different animation style. That It was very unique for that Grinch movie. Yeah. Um. It was Universal and Illumination. Okay yeah so this is completely different. It was Warner Brothers. Um, oh, which, yeah, I should have known that was Universal, because I got the Minions thing at Universal Studios. Oh, okay. I've honestly never been to Universal Studios. We gotta go. I'm down. We gotta take an adult vacation. I mean, we're gonna maybe be taking an adult vacation in two weeks, though. So. Yeah. We need to do some ignorant stuff, too. I agree. Whatever. We may be going to Nevada, so... Oh! Uh, we will be inside of Las Vegas, so there's plenty of ignorant shit yeah, to I'm definitely to. checking out the stadium, too. Um... But, so going into the Jim Carrey thing real quick. Oh, God. Gag me. I just realized that. <laughs> he had to take uh, like a bunch of pictures of me in front of it. Oh, God. <laughs> um, 
So I just realized, or uh, the Jim Carrey thing we were going to talk yeah. about. Uh, did you hear they actually had to bring on a CIA interrogator to help Jim Carrey get through the process of putting on the prosthetics every day? Why? Because it was that thick. It was like eight hours of prosthetics. This is a CIA? CIA interrogator. Why, though? To try to help him through, like, the torture. Because he literally felt like it was, like, almost as bad as, like, Chinese water torture. So they brought a, like, CIA, like, torture expert, basically. Was just talking to him the whole time? Help him get through it. Help, like, get past the Give him techniques? Yeah. Wow. Like, it was intense, apparently. (laughs) Because Jim Carrey was ready to quit. Is there a, there needs to be a documentary about that one. Oh, I wish. Like that Jim and Andy one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that Jim and Andy. Never uh, seen it, but I've seen like parts of it, I guess. I think it's on, I think it's a Netflix exclusive. Okay. It's, it's called Jim and Andy and a uh, legally, or, uh, I think a legally obligated mention of Tony Clifton. Because wasn't he an asshole during that? Oh, he was a dick. Yeah. But it's fucking amazing. <laughs> Like, it, it's crazy to see how lost he got in that role. Right. Like, he literally walked onto the set of... What? It was a Steven Spielberg movie that was filming at the time. And in character. And was just an asshole. Uh, I gotta look that I, up. I, I want to say it was something like Jaws, but it wasn't Jaws, obviously, because that's way early. Um... I just, I remember hearing stories about that, and it was insane. Um, he, he, not only did he get lost inside of playing uh, Andy Kaufman, but he got lost inside of playing Tony Clifton when he would play him, too, and it was just bananas. Okay, so what he did in regards to Steven Spielberg... He, uh, when he was on the Universal lot, Carrie dressed in full Tony costume, busted through the doors of Amblin, and demanded to see Steven Spielberg. He said, I would like to see the real shark. This shark is a phony shark. <laughs> Tony also claimed he wanted to dispense the advice that Spielberg's movies didn't have to be so crowd-pleasing. <laughs> yeah, so that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine having that kind of balls? Just to walk on to Steven Spielberg's movie and fuck with shit? He has mega balls. <laughs> he does. Uh, wasn't he at one point married to that blonde chick who claims that her son has autism from... Jenny McCarthy? Yeah. Yeah. He was married to her? Yeah, she was a playboy girl. She was? Yeah. I didn't know why she was famous. There but you go. <laughs> I just know that she's cousins with Melissa McCarthy. Okay. I don't know if that's like the reason why she's famous mm-hmm. playboy, but I knew she did that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, that that little trivia fact blew my mind because I didn't see them being together. They just don't seem compatible. Yeah, did you see the picture of them on the beach? Mm-mm. And he's wearing that like one piece like swimsuit. I gotta show you. Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, I think he was probably one of my favorite parts of my childhood with Ace Ventura with the mask. Right. All, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I would be so embarrassed to be her. He is clearly not. <laughs> that is beautiful. Wait, wait. Oh, it looks like that's hers. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> In a different photo, she's wearing it. <laughs> nice. Oh, hell no. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, Have you seen Liar Liar? This kind oh, of tangent, I guess. I watched it like three weeks ago again. Nice. For, I, I, I think I watched it a couple months ago. I used to watch it. I had the VHS. Mm-hmm. I watched the shit out of that movie. I, I 
I stole the claw for my kid. Nice. From that movie, like I love. That's another movie that too. Movie. Like I went back and watched it like a couple months ago, and there's so many things that you pick up on now. Like oh, yeah. the way like certain things he says that you didn't get at all. Well, like, like as a kid, I didn't realize. A all the stuff from uh, what's her name the chick from Chucky Jennifer Tilly how much she is literally just talking about fucking the whole yeah. time and then I also as a kid did not realize that there's essentially a sex scene with Jim Carrey at the beginning with his boss yeah I think I just kind of watched it just mm-hmm. it was just a thing just, yeah it was just a thing and like I think it was considered PG or PG thirteen it was PG thirteen so that that still blows my mind I think it'd be right R today oh I'm Maybe it might be like hard PG thirteen because I don't think they ever used the curse word, no. so that's one big thing that helped. Yeah, out. and plus PG thirteen movies are allowed to say like one F word anyway. Yes, you get you get your one and done. Yeah, um, but dude, like everything that I saw him in when I was a kid, I loved. Never watched Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind yet. I've seen bits and pieces. I want to watch it so. Good. It's on Netflix right now. Yeah, I saw it. So on the, uh, I'm probably gonna. Speaking of which, the guy who directed that directed that. Um, I'm thinking of ending things. Ooh, is it? I That's still fan, have to watch a fantastic that. Movie. So you yeah. had to like be in the mood to watch it. I heard, slow burn. I heard a lot of people say you might have to watch it two times. Yeah, there's a lot of like heady yeah. shit in there. Yeah. Um, I I think during my vacation coming up, I'm gonna have to binge a couple movies. Okay, I still gotta watch Devil all the time. Oh, dude. Oh, I wanted to talk my dad about even told me about it. He's like, "Have you seen that?" Because it's one of those movies that, like, while religion is a big part of it, yeah. it doesn't try to push you either way with it. Because okay. what my dad was saying, he was like, it's kind of a downer. Oh, and it's Tom great. Holland has, like, kind of a shitty life in that movie. Oh, he has the... <laughs> I'm trying to think of anybody in real life who would compare to have that shitty of a life, dude. Like, it's... According to... Uh, nah, I wouldn't bring it up. Everyone is dead. That's yeah. all I'll say. Like, okay. it's just... It's... Yeah, and he said Robert Pattinson's an asshole. Oh, Robert Pattinson is the... He's a huge dick. Um, <laughs> I saw a clip. I watched a clip. It was uh, in the church, and he's, like, talking about meat or some shit, and he grabbed, like, the plate of, like, the... They look like meatballs or uh, some shit. It, no, it's, um... Chicken livers. Okay, yeah, whatever it was. I just hearing his accent in that clip, I was like, holy shit. Well, he's very flamboyant. Yeah, in the way he like. portrays it, and I was like, at first it was off-putting because I was like, a preacher shouldn't really be like that. Like he shouldn't be very like hand wavy and like like that. Yeah, but he was very. It seemed. The more I thought about it, he seems like a character, and they kind of explain it this way. So I'm not like gonna give anything away. But yeah, like, the way he built his character made sense. He was okay. a guy who literally inherited becoming a preacher he never had to work for anything his whole life and you can see how he can become that like huge prick who thinks he's better than everybody else sounds like someone that everyone knows nate he's in control of the free world right now <laughs> uh, i i knew who you were talking about yeah. i just didn't want to say it out loud. <laughs> um he got enough mentions at the beginning yeah <laughs> uh, um but yeah, I just, it's probably one of the more believable villains who's not like, uh, he, he's just a very believable character okay. in the movie. Yeah. I don't want to give anything away. That's why I'm like, 
really trying to dance around my words right yeah, now. Yeah, I just watched those two reviews I told you about. Yeah. And, yeah, Sean Chandler, I can see why he didn't like it. Yeah. He said, but the other one um, makes me excited to watch yeah. it. Yeah, no, like, and like I said, like, when I was younger and I was, like, really, really, really scared of, like, anything testing my faith. Yeah. I had a hard time watching Lords of Salem. Um. Oh, that, I don't write into that yeah. thing. Was... <laughs> I mean, and I understand why fully. I, I've gone back since and watched it, but, like, um, I can see how someone who's, like, extremely devout the way that, uh, Sean Chandler is. And at least in some of the stuff I've heard him talk about before, like he met his wife at Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not surprising that he might have a slight problem with it. Because it doesn't, it's not pushing against religion. But most of Tom Holland's problems are with the church. Okay. Essentially. Okay. So you can kind of see why John Chandler might push away from his like that I like movies like that cause that's like stuff I can kind of relate to mm-hmm. um question, like questioning shit mm-hmm. so yeah I'll, I'm looking forward to it I'll probably I don't want to say I'll watch it tonight cause I probably won't watch it tonight <laughs> if I say I'll watch it tonight right. <laughs> I'll watch it at some point <laughs> yeah no it, and maybe I think as soon as you do watch it we need to do a review of it I might watch it again so it's fresh and here, here here's what I was thinking too we should do that, and then we should watch Whiplash, since it's already at your house. Yes. We can watch that and do a review of that, too. I'm down. I'm 100% down. Yeah. So, uh, we went on a tangent that wasn't even related to anything, and I'm okay it with it. It was bound to happen. <laughs> it was. It always happens. Um, we should have, like, a, once we get further into doing this, we should have just a segment of the podcast where just it's the, called the, the tangent, tangent Express <laughs> for, like, ten minutes. Did, didn't we name an episode? Yeah. That one? Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I do, uh, I like that idea. Because I think... A lot of cool sound effects. It's yeah. time! <laughs> have a train horn. Um, and I know we're going to save a lot of announcements for the end of the year. Um, yeah. Just expect this in the uh, lightest way I can spoil stuff. Expect it to be a little more heavily produced next year. Yeah, we're really... Uh... Working on ideas. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're finding our grip right now and kind of trying to find what we're good at. So it's not going to be uh, seamless at the moment. But one yeah. day, that the goal is to get a formula for yeah. this. This is year one. Yes. Black track year yes. one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, Bat- Batman wasn't perfect in year one either. Yeah. So, you know, we have time. But in year two, it seems, he seems to be pretty, uh... He seems fucking mental yeah so I'm our so podcast sad. is gonna be fucking mental <laughs> next year i'm good with it <laughs> fucking uh another quick side note have you watched any of the boys yet um my brother watches it i've seen a few episodes here and there i love keith uh homeliner uh no i don't know why i almost called it. i almost said keith urban <laughs> i mean <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dude who Carl played, Urban Carl Urban I was gonna say the Urban uh, Brothers <laughs> they're both K's too oh <laughs> uh, cool uh, and I think that's what might have confused me but he is fantastic in that show yeah and yeah. but me saying fucking mental reminded me of how he says fucking diabolical all the time <laughs> yeah. in that show I love it though they really go balls to the wall oh, dude, what I've seen gore 
Literally in the first episode, there's people fucking in the air, tits out. Oh, so you saw that episode too? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. That was the She's very like, laser my fucking tits. No, that's in the new season. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, okay. I've heard about it already. Oh, okay. Um, like, it, so I guess a little spoiler. Oh no, I heard that from uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, I didn't see. I just listened to that one today. I was today. like, you fucker. Yeah. <laughs> he can't hold anything. Oh, dude, and that's why I'm like, do I watch this? Because he's gonna <laughs> spoil some shit. Yeah. I'm like, I think I need to catch up beforehand. I yeah. just finished. Uh, the first episode of season two. So I'm glad I listened to that podcast because, like, uh, without thinking about it, I kind of like use some of their oh no lingo. A hundred percent. And I've always I pick up on some of our news stories from there if I'm honest. And then yeah. <laughs> um, also just like it almost feels like, especially if you get into a good podcast. It almost feels like you're just hanging out with a friend for a couple hours who's telling you a story you haven't heard. Yeah. So, like, the way those podcasts make me feel, and then I'll, I do pick up a lot of shit. Like, yeah, and I, li- I like those podcasts because they're different from, like, Sword and Scale, Crime Junkies. Those are, like, more, like, story-driven, yeah. where this is, like, kind of just, like, it's, like, it has a format, yeah. but it's, like, a loose format, and they yeah. just talk. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cool, and I sure. love just hearing Kevin Smith talk about stuff, because he, like, gets so excited. Oh, dude, and that's the thing. I think that's why I've always been, like, a huge fanboy of him. Yeah. Because when he likes something, he's fucking passionate. Mm-hmm. And I think it, uh, kind of lit a fire under me to, like, get passionate about things. And, like, it's why I might have gone overboard getting tattoos on my arms of fucking superheroes, but... Yeah, you went all out on that. <laughs> um... I honestly think that if it wasn't for listening to him growing up and watching his movies growing up, I probably wouldn't be as big of a fangirl. <laughs> right. um, and I enjoy listening to Mark Menarden, too. Yes. Because he's, he's a writer. He's very he intelligent knows. about stuff. Yeah, he is. He knows his shit for sure. Yes. Like, uh, just a fun fact. I don't know if you uh, listened to it this far back. He actually is one of the primary reasons we have Miles Morales. Really? Yes. Because he used to write for Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. And one of his big complaints in around 2010 when he was writing for Entertainment Weekly that there's no representation for African Americans really in comic books in Marvel. And he's like, it would, he, uh, he was like, it would be really cool for something to come out of this uh, childish game, or Donald Glover uh, potential casting talk. In the comics. And that's what ended up sparking uh, Miles Morales to be brought into comics. Um, He is a lot more influential in Hollywood than I realized before listening to that podcast. Because before that, I had no idea who he was. Yeah, I guess uh, on the new episodes, you heard it. He was writing on a For Star Trek card. Yes. He also, I don't know if you watched, do you have Hulu? Yeah. He wrote in the first season for Castle Rock. Ah, okay. And uh, I kind of looked back and forth, but his episode, I think, was probably my second favorite of the season. Okay. My first favorite was the one that was written directly before that episode. Right. Uh, he he definitely is talented. Yeah, they definitely have like, a balance, too. Like, he will... Both of them are knowledgeable, mm-hmm. but I look at Mark Bernard as a knowledgeable, knowledgeable one, and Kevin Smith is like the fan. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, like uh, honestly, if it wasn't for how well Clerks did, I 
don't know how much of a career Kevin Smith would have had. I love his stuff, but if he didn't get lucky with Clerks and go balls out the way he did, he wouldn't have the platform he does. Yeah. I'm very happy that, like, circumstance happened the way it did, for my sake. <laughs> yeah. Um, But, like, whereas I think Mark Bernardin was kind of almost destined to fall into this mm-hmm. in the way that he has, because, like, now he's writing for Masters of the Universe with yep. Kevin Smith, and mm-hmm. he has Star Trek Picard, and he's he was on he worked on Treadstone, and he's got something else that they won't announce that's driving me insane. <laughs> um, but so we can go on and on about Fat Man Beyond and Kevin Smith podcast. Now we're gonna talk about Fit Man Beyond. Yeah, <laughs> this dude. Um, craziest physique I have ever seen in that movie, Baywatch. Yeah, and I almost feel like... I'm gonna say it. I feel like he's underrated as an actor. 100%. I, I will say that he definitely rose his stock after High School Musical in... I think 17 again raised the stock a little bit. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, And if you, if you didn't get it, by hearing the words High School Musical, we're talking about Zac Efron. I didn't even realize we didn't mention yeah. his name yet. It's um, Zac. It's, it's the F. Um, yeah. He... Dude, everything he's done since High School Musical, and I'll be honest, I was forced to watch those movies when I was a kid. He was easily the best part. I wasn't even forced. I watched those myself. I no no judgment at all. Like I mean, yeah. they weren't the wor- they weren't as bad... As some of the other shit I was forced to watch growing up. Um, it is what it my is. My mom made me watch Titanic like twice a week when I was growing up. So <laughs> my, mom my mom loved it. Yeah, my mom, like, that's like a religion to her. I, I think also another reason we watched it so much is because it was so long that my mom would end up falling asleep in the middle and have to restart it. <laughs> it's such a big movie. Um, but he he's definitely risen his stock over the years. Yeah. Like you said, have said many times, he deserved a better script for the uh, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Movie. I'd, I'd be okay if he like, if some other dude wanted to make a Ted Bundy movie, just cast him. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because he deserves a better take. Because he'd he'd win an Oscar. I I honestly, I just want to be able to see him go balls to the walls with it. Like yeah. Full serial killer, like in the act. Yeah, because there was um, that serial killer podcast. Mm-hmm. I listen to on Spotify. There's those two episodes about Ted Bunny, and he had moments where he just like snapped. Oh, and yeah. I want to see him do that. Oh yeah, <laughs> he he just definitely wasn't given what he deserved for yeah. a script. Yeah. Um, but the, he looks just oh, like the guy. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. But uh, leading on from that, Blumhouse has uh, hired him on for a reboot of a Stephen King movie. Called Firestarter. Yeah, the original one starred Drew Barrymore as a, a child, and she's she developed some fire Pyro, powers. Pyrokinesis. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was two other big actors in it. Uh, Heather Locklear was uh, Drew Barrymore's mom, and then your boy uh, the, the Crimson Chin, <laughs> David Keith. Yeah. Was uh, that sounds like a country singer. I have the hardest time trying to make sure I'm not saying Keith David because it's literally just or Toby Keith. 
Yeah. And you're just saying a completely, like, backwards person if you switch them around. Um, but he, uh, I think he'd be a good pick. He's, he's most likely playing uh, David Keith's role. Yeah, the father. Yeah. So, hopefully, uh, just a better script than what he got for that wickedly evil... Well, I can't even remember the title. It's such a uh, it's extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, which was a dumb name. Well, I, I I understand that was a quote from the trial, but why would you like? It's the most. You just called it vile. Yeah, it, it, that would have worked because it is the most unmemorable title I've ever seen. Yeah, and just call it the Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie. Oh yeah, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Zach Bundy. Call it Ted. Call it Ted. No, don't do that. My name's Ted. That would be confusing because there's already a movie called Ted. Yeah. You could have called it Yellow Bug. That's what he drove. Oh. Yeah? There's many things. But it sounds like um, this Stephen King story is not so much horror as it is, like, fantasy thriller. Yeah. Just based I, on the story. It, it almost feels, I don't know, it feels more action-y in a way, too. I'm sure it has the creepy elements yeah. of the Stephen King movie. Uh, yeah. Because dude's a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> But in the best possible way. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like, at its, at its core, it's a basic story about this superhuman weird thing and the government tries to weaponize it. Yeah. That's what it is. Which we've seen since the year 2000 about yeah. 322 times. Yeah. So that's, that, at its core, that's what the story is about, but I'm sure there's going to be some interesting twists to it, hopefully. Yes. A hundred. And you know, it's Blumhouse. It's going to be made for like $5 million. I, I'm okay with that because yeah. I I feel the same way about Blumhouse that I do about A twenty four. Honestly, is uh was Sinister a Blumhouse? I mean, a Blumhouse movie? I want to say no. I'm oh, not a hundred percent sure, bro. Um, is that what you're looking up? Yeah. Oh, Let's see. Uh, do they show the production company in IMDb? Uh, they should, but I can just look it up too. It's, uh... Tell me I'm right. Tell me. It is Blumhouse. Okay. Very good. It's uh, Blumhouse, I Am Global, and Alliance Communications. Okay, and the reason I bring that up is because <clears throat> I see it, like, budget-wise, kind of being similar to Sinister. Yeah, I And can see the that. budget was $3 million. It might be a little more than that, maybe 10 I will say this, though. Why is Ethan Hawke so good in the opening movies for horror, like like horror franchises. Like the first installments? Yeah. You have Sinister, The Purge, I feel like there's at least one other one. Um, Let me look up his uh, <clears throat> filmography. That dude, he is a great, and in my opinion, underrated actor. Definitely. Have you seen First Reformed? I have not. It's a twenty four movie that came out last year. He's like a pre. Uh, he's in it. Uh, uh, yeah, he's like a, a priest or some shit. Huh. And it's just about his struggles with, loss and other shit. It's one of those uh, guy goes crazy movies. Oh okay. But it's a good movie. I'll have to check that out. I I really have always enjoyed his uh, work. He was in Daybreakers, which was a horror movie. Daybreakers. I want to say it was like was a werewolf a movie? movie. Yeah. No, it was uh. I wouldn't really consider it a horror Action movie. Action horror. Because it's Willem Dafoe in it, too, correct? Yeah. Futuristic vampires. Yes, where basically there's all, no humans left. Yeah. And they're trying to find a way to 
reverse the mutations because there's not enough blood left in the world to feed everybody. Yeah. Um, it's gotten to the point where they're like bleeding out cows to survive. Right. They have human farms that are running low. Yeah, and this is the uh, first reformed. Okay. Yeah, I definitely uh, recommend that one. Um, uh, trying to see like any other horror movies. I haven't seen any. No. No. The Purge. Sinister. Sinister. Yes. Yeah. Or I'm uh, sorry. I was thinking of. Uh, I don't know why. I know we were talking about that, but I was thinking Insidious for some reason. Who's Who's uh, the dad in Insidious? That's Patrick Wilson. Uh, um, the legend. It's that video I sent you. I don't so know if you what, watched why it. Why is it always the same guys? You mean? He's in Insidious and then he's also in the Conjuring stuff? Yeah. That's because James Wan liked him and he oh, brought him along. He's also an Aquaman. True. That's his boy. Did you watch the uh, Actors Workshop I sent you with Patrick Wilson? When did you see that? Like, Was that this weekend or a couple weeks ago? I know you sent me the uh, camera stuff. Um, uh, yeah, it was like a I month ago. I don't think I ever. I think I opened it and, like, I think I got busy. You should listen to it, like, while you're at work. Okay. Because it's the listenable thing. Okay. Um, and yeah, it, it's not it, something you have to watch. Uh, no, because what it is is he's at this acting school, and he's presentating, and he um has these actors do certain scenes, and he shows them how to read scripts and how to, like, tweak their performance to get different things out of it. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. Nice. But, yeah, you should listen to that. Anyway. Absolutely. Um, back to, uh, we're talking about Ethan Hawke. We're talking about Blumhouse. Yes, it can't, it went from, <laughs> it went from, uh, Zac Efron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, moving on to the last news story we have, um, Clint Eastwood related. Not the last Look one. Look at that. Oh yeah, it's not the last one. Just the one we don't have pulled yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> forget about it. So yeah, he's about to direct and star in a new movie called Cry Macho. And it looks like this thing is based on a, a story written in the 1970s by Enrich Nash. I'm going to be honest. I always saw Clint Eastwood as a very, like, man's manny like, type of person. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, when I found out that he... Did he produce or direct Jersey Boys? He... I think he helped write it, produced it, and he directed it. Blows my mind. For sure. Makes no sense to me. I like that movie. Was, a lot no, of people like it, which is good. I, I liked it. Yeah, I, I loved Christopher Walken in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, But I was. it blew my mind that he would make a movie about a boy band. Yeah. Like, I mean, that that is of his time, I would say, right? Yeah, it's true. It just didn't really strike me as a... I would have seen Denny Villeneuve doing it before uh, him. Or uh, Damien Giselle. You know I, I, mean? I think Damien Giselle. I don't think they think about because he does like really artsy epic shit. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I just, I didn't really see it being like a Clint Eastwood touching it. Yeah. Um, but he's done great work, work with uh, American Sniper, Grand Torino, and pretty much you name it. I don't think he's had a bad directing gig. He got huge praise for that Richard Joel movie. I had no interest to see that. I haven't watched it, and I, I'm just going off other people's words on that one. <laughs> but he, he's done very good directing work, essentially. And right. his son is actually a surprisingly good actor. Yeah, I think my favorite movie of Clint Eastwood is uh, Gran Torino. That's the one I've seen the most. <laughs> what you looking at, Zipperhead? Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh... It's a good movie. <laughs> it's very good. There's a lot of uh, racial slurs in it. 
Yeah, oh. some people say he uses these movies to get away with saying that shit. It wouldn't surprise me. But, I mean, at the same time, he's kind of stuck in that role because he is so old that if he's in something, he almost has to portray, like, an old racist white He is of that time. That's his yeah. thing. Because even in, I don't know if you've seen Lemuel. No, I've heard good things. Yeah, there's he's, like, a good guy in the movie. But uh, there's this scene where he goes to help this family. His car, his car is broken down on the side of the road. And he goes and helps them, and he's like, I was happy to help you, what is he saying, you colored folks or something like that? So, it's not racist, it's but not it's racist, not... It's not racist, but it's a little insensitive. It's, it's, it is insulting. Yeah, but he doesn't think it is because... Say... But he doesn't know yeah. that it's bad, he just says it. And then they don't get all pissed off about it either. Hmm. They're just like, oh, See, that's not really... That's just the blind writing of it, I think, though. Yeah, yeah. That I think that's the only problem with people of that age, because they feel like... I think, especially being that age, it's hard to put yourself in the viewpoint of other characters so you can see their motivations. Right. Um, especially when it gets political or racial. <laughs> right. Um, but, I mean, not saying that I think I'd be able to write a black person very well because I haven't had Quentin that Tarantino struggle. can. Quentin Tarantino, he gets praise from his actors. He can write anybody. Oh, dude. I I love the story that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio has told a million times, where he felt uncomfortable using the N-word, mm -hmm. and he said that Samuel L. Jackson looked at him and said, it's just Tuesday for us, like, let's do this, and yeah. quit being a bitch. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, it's it's crazy the way that like people are okay with it yeah. when it's Quentin Tarantino. Because yeah, because they does. know who he is. Oh, yeah. As a person. Especially with how much he's worked with guys like Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, because Samuel L. Jackson gets pissed off when people try to call Quentin Tarantino racist. Yeah. <laughs> Just as a quick, another quick side note. Have you ever seen the uh, interview with him uh, on that, like, morning news show and the movie guy is talking to him? He's like, so, I saw your commercial last night. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, oh, uh, never mind. He's like, wait, are you trying to call me Lauren Fish Lawrence Fishburne? He's like, we're not all the same people, you know? And like, his, he almost doesn't get like super mad. He's just kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> he definitely made him look fucking stupid. Yeah. He's like, I apologize. I'm so sorry. That he's guy's like, gotten it from him. He's gotten it from Mel Gibson. When Mel Gibson was oh, on his crazy yeah. fucking time. Dude, that guy... I think he's calmed down, or we're just not seeing it. I think he's calmed down ever since he directed Hacksaw Ridge. He's kind of calmed down. Makes sense. Do you think he'll go crazy again after uh, he directs uh, Resurrection of Christ? Good God. I don't know. I feel bad for Jim Caviezel. Yeah. Because you Did you ever see Passion of the Christ? No. But I heard all the horror stories of him during filming. He was struck by lightning like two or three times. I think that's a sign that you just fucking quit making the movie. Like, you're making a movie on Jesus, like something's <laughs> gonna happen. Like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. Literally. Um, but, do you want to close out with our, uh, last, I guess we can call it news article? About our boy and a new Spider-Man movie? Oh, Yeah! Uh, so, yeah, Jamie Foxx is coming back. He's coming into the MCU as Electro. And like I said to you when you sent me it, I don't want the Bucktooth cartoon character that they made him play in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. 
I want him... I want him to just be black. Don't make him look, like, translucent like they did in the first one. Give him the goofy fucking outfit from the comic book. He has a quote from it now. He confirmed it officially. He oh, said, shit. tell Spidey, let's run it back. Super excited to be part of the new Marvel Spider-Man new, new installment. Can't wait for y'all to check this new one out. And I won't be blooming this one. Fuck yeah. But a thousand percent better. I'm... Okay, so I'm in then. I wouldn't have minded the blue if that, like, the whole I honestly, character was better. I would want it to just be completely separate. No, I mean, yeah, it's going to be separate. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah. I wouldn't even want it to be blue. I'd want, I want him to have the green suit with the yellow lightning bolt on it. <laughs> do you want the lightning bolts coming out of that? No, I want him to do it the way they did in uh, the Spider-Man game. Just Ultimate Spider-Man? Ultimate no, Spider-Man? The, the new one. He's in the, the Spider-Man PS4. Oh, he's just a, like, don't get me wrong, he's white. But he's a bald dude. With a bunch of scars all over his head. I can get down with that. Like, yeah, that picture right there. Like, that would be perfectly fine with me. <sighs> you see, they kind of, that's like a homage to the original design right there. I he's... did not even notice that. Yeah. I think they explain his scars as like a Transformer blowing up in his face. But that is actually a beautiful little, like, homage. I'd never noticed that, because the scars on his face are, like, in the shape of, like, the headdress he used. This is what I was, you thought that you were talking about. Okay, so I'd be good with that, too, though. As long as it's not cartoony. Yeah, because they were going off of this. Nah, yeah, I like the uh, other one better. The game one? one? Yeah. And, like, you can get rid of those scars, I'm fine with that. Just... It's going to be kind of cool to have scars. I'm fine with whatever they do, as long as it's not the blue... Cartoon that they did. Yeah. Like, they made him play, like, it felt weirdly, like, racial. Did it really? It felt like, I don't know how to explain it. It just felt very caricature-esque. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, he felt like a caricature of, like, a nerdy black dude. I, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. I mean, I remember some of those. No, and it's just before he becomes Electro. After he becomes Electro, he, like, loses his Turns list. Turns he, Yeah, he's like, he's all of a sudden, he's a badass. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't feel it. Like, it just didn't That was almost uh, Joel Schumacher-esque. Yes. <laughs> I, I can agree. Yeah. Um, who did the same person who directed the first one direct the Amazing Spider-Man two? Yeah, Mark Webb. But just like Sam Raimi, he was kind of held hostage by Avi Arad. So that's the big thing where I think I enjoy Marvel Disney movies compared yeah. to Marvel movies by any other brand. Yeah, because the first Amazing Spider-Man, he was kind of like did his own thing to yeah. it. Yeah, but. Sequel comes around, those fuckers, they obviously are rat, and then they always want to go too big. Mm-hmm. You know, they, that movie was just basically like setting up Sinister Six. It wasn't even a fucking movie on oh, its own. I'm really interested to see what they do, or what they can do, with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, and maybe even Daredevil that other studios failed. I want to write a Daredevil movie. I would... Be happy to watch your Daredevil because, like, <laughs> I know like most of what it would entail. Yeah, for, for the most part. Um, sacrilege. Sacrilege. Um, 
just as a quick, so you already gave a Daredevil, but if you could write any other superhero movie, with Spawn. It, that was too fast, sir. <laughs> okay. He just needs to hand that shit over to me, and I'll write that motherfucker. That's easy. I'd write a Nightwing movie. See I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to have a chance at a green arrow. See, I was gonna say that, but <laughs> I think Nightwing would be easy. And you can get, especially because you can do Batman flashbacks with a Nightwing movie. You can and see his like character development through. You get a guy in two different suits, and yes, Zac Efron. Would you have it to where like the whole movie is just him as Nightwing already? But every now and then he kind of has like a flashback to when he was learning as Robin. Or would it be half movie Robin, half movie Nightwing? Honestly, I don't even know if I'd want to do 100% like flashbacks, if this makes sense. Okay. I would want to do the first half Robin. You should write the first couple pages. Just see what it would look yeah. like? And then what? Just to just see, and if you like, you want to keep going, you can. Okay. I mean, even though I'm, it would never fucking amount to anything, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to I'll do it. I think that'd be a good. But uh, conversely, if I do this, you need to do that for one of those two movies that you saw. I'll do that. <laughs> okay. Deal. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll upload it to one of our uh, if we feel comfortable. We'll upload okay. the results. Good thing we're not like too big yet because sometimes the movie uh, fan community can be toxic. Oh, 100%. You'll get fucking dragged for shit like that. We got dragged for... Oh, yeah, we already got dragged. <laughs> for wearing masks because it became political. Yeah. Um, I mean, but... I I understand... I, I can't say I understand the toxicity. I understand being passionate about something. I don't understand the level some fans take it to. That, like, movie fans and then comic book fans, mm -hmm. like, they're so fucking, like, pure, like they're purists, oh, yeah. a lot of them, where you do so anything, like, remotely different, they're gonna shit all over it. And I feel like I fell into a trap at some point in my life, because there, <laughs> there are three groups, honestly, maybe even four groups that I'm in, yeah. that have very toxic fan bases. Yeah. Movies. Honestly, it's probably more than just four, but comic books, music, mm. and uh, what was the last? It was like the first one that popped in my head, but now it escaped my brain. <laughs> um, crap. I mean, obviously, but like video games have a really toxic environment. Yeah. Um, like, it's... Almost anything anymore. It's it, it, oh, Now it is yeah. But, like, it's very, it's all the stuff that includes, like, art, honestly. Yeah. I mean, football is extremely toxic. Now. It is. Like, there's nothing that's not. Yeah. It's... Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just can't stand the purists. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. Because the purists are the ones who fucking hate Man of Steel. Oh, yeah. But even then, like, I, I don't really see what was wrong with that ending. I think it was logical. It makes sense in the context of that story. Yeah. They're trying to, like, pin that, connect that to, like, what they know of Superman. What would another Superman have done at that end point? Yeah. Like, genuinely. Like, other than maybe, like, grab him by his head and fly him up, but he doesn't have, like, a Phantom Zone projector that he can use yeah. to put him into the Phantom Zone. Yeah. So, like, people, what is he going to do? 
And I don't think anybody has an answer for that, which pisses me off, too. Like, you're going to complain about it, but, like, what's your answer? Like, legitimately, he's fighting someone, one of the only people in the world... Like him? ...who is as strong and can easily... Level. Level buildings, people, like, whatever. Yeah. He's trying to save this group of people in front of him. It's either snap his neck or... And not only them, he's thinking about everyone else who's in the whole metropolis. Yeah. You know? It's... It's logical. Like, that's the thing I don't get. Yeah. Like, I understand the idea of, oh, Superman shouldn't kill, but, like... (sighs) I think Batman, I can understand him letting people die before he kills somebody more than Superman. Mm -hmm. Superman isn't the moral character that Batman is written as. Yeah, he don't have a rule. Yeah. He's more of save as many people as possible. Yeah. And if killing this one dude is my only option... Yeah, nowhere does it say, (laughs) I will not kill. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, if Brainiac and his aliens come into this world, he's not holding back. He's not trying to arrest them. Yeah. So what is the difference between... I mean, literally, it's another alien who came to the planet anyways. Yeah. It's one of his kind. Yeah. But that's just, it gets under my skin of these purists. Like, you do something too different, like that, then they fucking shut it. Oh, yeah. But you do the exact, like, word for word, page for page, like Watchmen did, then that's a problem, too. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> no, I agree. Um, I, I just, I really wish that we could have our cake and eat it, too, at moments, yeah. because, like, I get so excited about things, like... <laughs> I felt like I was almost bullied out of liking Batman vs. Superman for a long time. <laughs> like, I enjoyed it in the theater. Yes, the Martha thing sucked. But it was also something I thought was like, oh, I never thought about that before. It was, it yeah, was kind it's of something they could have introduced in a different way. Oh, still, but at its core, it is an interesting thing. Yeah, it, it's a very... I think it was a lot more well done, in my personal opinion, than Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron was the blandest thing I... It was, I Captain many, Marvel was more bland. I have but, many thoughts about MCU. <laughs> How about this? We'll, we'll, we'll do this. We'll, we'll, we'll drop this episode here. But I think uh, just as a future idea for a podcast, let's list off what we dislike about... Or we'll, I will... We'll, we'll do a debate. Okay. I will try my hardest to defend the MC. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you will try to tear it down. Okay. I think that's a good way to get toxicity in here. Also, what do you think about this? Different, different discussion. But um, since it is October, I think we should end each episode with a, like a movie recommendation, horror movie Ooh. recommendation. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm good with that. You want to uh, throw out the first yeah, one? Go with the first one that popped in my head: Freddy versus Jason. Okay. I love watching that movie. Okay. It, it didn't hold up whatsoever, but it's fun to watch. And it brings back a lot of memories. I right? really wish I could think of the name of the movie again. Which one? We talked about it like on one of our first podcasts, because it was a stupid movie. I think it's called The Basement. Let me look it up real quick. It is. It, it is? Yeah. So you remember what I was yeah. talking about? I feel like that's creepy enough for like a, a Halloween type okay. situation. Like, I... While it's not like the most or, like, the best produced movie I've ever seen. 
I found the character study interesting. Yeah. So, if you get a chance, watch The Basement. Yeah, those are your uh, Halloween first week horror movie uh, recommendations. Oh. Freddy vs. Jason and The Basement. I honestly think, and I will do my best, I'll finish what I was about to say, but I will do my best not to include a Saw movie. I was going to say, because that, that's, that's just so typical. Yes. Uh, and it's Halloween. It yeah. must be Saw. Yeah. So I will, uh, I think that'll be the easiest recommendation list we've ever done because of the fact that one through three, three. Horror movies are like my bread and butter. Yeah. So, obviously, I'll just say it now, go watch the Saw series, like, it gets a little stale after three, but they're still, like, enjoyable. Yeah. It's, it's dumb fun. Yeah. So, you can do worse. <laughs> we can do a podcast discussing the Saw. Dude, we can do... Uh, fair enough. We can do an eight-part watch-along. We could, because there's a lot of uh, analysis that I've done over the years watching those movies. Oh, yeah. Like, seeing where it started, what the idea was, compared oh. to how it ended. Oh, yeah. completely different. A hundred percent. Like, I literally, once a year, will go back and watch one through eight. Yeah. Just for the fun of it. Right. So, but we will uh, definitely keep you guys posted on any uh, future plans with the podcast or with our uh, video series that we do. Um, stay tuned for the Packies uh, One Chip Challenge next Sunday. It might go up, end up going up on like Monday or Tuesday due to editing and up. More likely Monday. Yeah. Um, so just uh, stay posted, and then thank you guys for keeping up with us. Those of you who do watch, uh, make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube, and then uh, rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe on Spotify, please. It helps us a lot and helps uh, recommend us to other people. So. Uh, until next time, I'm Anthony Stevens. Damien Labour. Peace. Peace. Peace.